When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Ortiz finds it off center field. Damon running to the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. I can't circle. I don't have my telestrator today, but what? here comes a pizza. See it? <laughs> This is our fucking city, and nobody gonna dictate our freedom. Stay strong. Welcome back to the Name Redacted Podcast, America's most beloved podcast, the most downloaded Red Sox podcast in the world. I don't know what to make of this fucking team. Jesus Christ! It they just swept the Toronto Blue Jays. They're what seven and zero against the Blue Jays this season. The team that just absolutely wiped their ass with the Red Sox last year pretty much cost them a spot in the postseason. If we're being honest, by how poorly they played against Toronto, they're returning the favor in 2023. Uh, they're what Tyler against the the Yankees this year? They're five and one. Yeah, that sounds right. If you look just AL East, they're 16 and 11 against AL East this year. Last year, they were 26 and 50. I mean, if I told you that on July 2nd that the Red Sox would be, uh, what's that, 12 and 1 against the Yankees and Blue Jays, you'd be like, damn, this Red Sox team is, that's, there's something. They're something, filthy. Something, something clicked. They, they really turned a corner if they're just. Beaten up on the Blue Jays and Yankees this year. The, and, and if I told you that on July 2nd that every team in the American League East had a winning record and the Red Sox were just beating the brakes off the Blue Jays and Yankees, you'd be like, what place are they in? Second? Like, I mean, like, I, I don't even know that I would have picked Tampa. to. Be, I didn't pick Tampa to be in first. I don't know where. Like, where would you say, based on the expectations in the spring training, if I told you the Red Sox are 12-1 and against the Jays and Yankees, and every team in the division had a winning record. Where would you think the the Red Sox were? I, I think they were right near the top. I'd say we were having something that resembled the 2021 season where, yeah, you know, there were some pieces, you know, you were filling in the gaps here and there. You had some young talent also in there, but it was clear they weren't going all out. They weren't going over the luxury tax. I'd say Heimblum did 2021 again. You know, there's been ups and downs. They've been a solid team, but this is what they are. And that's why when we recorded the episode a couple of days ago, I had them taken two out of three, and it wasn't because I was looking in this, you know, future ball, whatever you call those things, those orbs people look into. I don't know. Future ball? What do you call it? A, a glass orb? What, what, do you, what, what would you call it? A glass orb? What do people look at and they can see the future in? Whatever that is, right? It wasn't because I 
knew they were going to go kick the shit out of the Blue Jays, but this is who this team is. Every single time they've had their back against the wall and they're like, okay, this is the series where if they get swept or they get their teeth kicked in, it's kind of falling through the floor. They wake up and they don't only just, you know, get by, they sweep the friggin' Blue Jays. And, you know, we'll talk about the major blow that happened today and why at the end of the day, you can only get so excited about something like this, but it seems like one way or another, this Red Sox team, they don't like to die. They're going to continue to kind of go and ride the ups and downs. You just, you got to expect to have some good nights and some bad nights. And you look at it at the end of 162 and it's probably right around 500, which is where we've had them most of the year. It's a crystal ball. That crystal ball. Yes. I almost said a diamond ball. That sounds like a, like expensive cocaine or something. Listen, you need that to watch this team. You really do. You really do. Uh, by the way, this episode is sponsored by Knockaround Sunglasses. I got I got a pair for both of you, actually. Oh, yeah, I do. I, uh... Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I had the, the package showed up at my place while I was in Chicago. My mom, God bless her, came, picked it up, and I was like, what's in the box? She had to cut it open. She was like, there's a ton of pairs of sunglasses in here. And I was like, oh, what kind of sunglasses? Well, they're knockaround sunglasses and they're quality, polarized, affordable shades, including new MLB and U.S. women's soccer team pairs. Check them out at knockaround.com. I've got a few pairs of Red Sox sunglasses. And uh, there's, a, there's a bunch of different teams in there. Shout out to Knockaround for sending those over. But uh, a pair of Red Sox sunglasses. This is, part of your, this is part of your makeover that we're working on. This is what Miami Milliken needs. Yeah, you need, I mean, there's, there's probably Marlins sunglasses in there as well. There's a bunch of different MLB teams. Although they did send me Yankee sunglasses too. Hmm. Yeah, there are a bunch of different teams in there, but I did have Yankee sunglasses. Maybe uh, there are Yankee fans that listen to this podcast. Maybe, uh, maybe as a thank you, I'll be like, all right, I'll send you a pair of Yankee sunglasses from knockaround.com. Maybe Judgy needs a pair. Maybe Judgy needs a pair. I mean, he's just kind of sitting around these days. Maybe he's very sunlight. bright when you're in the dugout. Oh, don't even get me started on the sun. Sun is super hot. Uh, it's Jake's birthday yesterday, and Tyler didn't wish him a happy birthday until it was brought Whoa. to his attention that it was Jake's birthday by me. Is that is wrong? That is that Jake, shut him the fuck up right now. <laughs> The text from you came in right after Jared tweeted it. That's no, true. it fucking. This is so false. This is so false. What I saw the tweet. The tweet came in after my tweet. Is that correct or incorrect? No, I texted Jake personally wishing him a happy birthday before any of that. Okay, but did you publicly wish him a happy birthday after I publicly wish him a happy birthday? Yes, I, I did respond okay, with, right. with the dog. Okay. But, but, but Jake, all Jake, right. I, I need you to verify here. Did I text you before Jared put out that tweet, which I think Jared found out after I did? I'm checking right now. The night was a little hazy, but 10.06 <laughs> p.m. is when you texted me. And what time was your tweet, Jared? 
Uh, you don't know that I I wished him a happy birthday privately before I did it publicly. What time, Jake? Read what time is the text? Probably like don't 930, fucking, 9.30 don't, yesterday morning. Oh, fuck. I'm checking right now. Was it really? Uh, it was actually 8.45 a.m. Yeah, 8.45. All right. I was well, like just I was after Chicago that. Time. I, yeah. I was just after that. No, no, no. You were probably about like a good like nine hours later. But that's fine. No, listen. It's fine. You're still a good friend. You're just not as good of a friend. It's fine. But we already knew that. Me and Jake are besties. What happened to Bullet? Mm. He died. That's true. Uh, the Red Sox lottery is back today. The Red Sox lottery is making its return to the name redacted podcast after a three game sweep of the Toronto Blue Jays. The Red Sox return to a winning record. They have a winning record right now. Only three games back of a wild card spot. Can you believe it? Nope, but it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I mean, it, you know, we're still having fun. We're still having fun. And uh, I saw on the Section 10 Reddit some folks, which I still, uh, again, blows my mind. I'm happy. I, I'm happy that we're, you know, there there are new fans coming in. I need to stop talking like everyone has been listening since 2015. Like, I couldn't believe the people asking, like, and it's no offense. Like, I understand no people offense, hop yeah. on along the, welcome, on the way, welcome, but welcome the pop world stuff and stuff yeah. like that, like, mm-hmm. that is staple, staple of the lore of Section gonna, 10 Name Redacted. I'm going to... uh I'll do like a 90 second brief history because people were confused. They're like, what's what's the deal with Clay Buckholz? I There was no story with Clay Buckholz. I just uh, I just was not very nice to him. It wasn't in like a malicious way or anything like that. I just I just laid into him. I'm going to try and find. Oh, yeah, here it is. Uh, this was from NBC Sports Boston. When I was doing TV there, they did like a a super cut of all the mean things I said about Clay Buckholz. Clay Buckholz. Buckholz. Clay Buckholz. You're not too happy with Mr. Clay Buckholz. No. First off, do I need to say anything else? Are we By really? The way, that was, that was Lou Maloney and they're pointing to a, a video board behind me of one of my tweets and it just says Clay Buckholz sucks. <laughs> uh, first off, do I need to say anything else? Are we really hanging on to Clay Buckholz in hopes that he becomes the savior of this pitching staff? He's not a number two. He's not a dependable starter. See all these gray hairs on the side of my head? Those are Clay Buckholz gray hairs. He's a mental case. If he gives up a home run, you kind of just roll your eyes and say, we'll get him tomorrow. He's the least dependable pitcher that the Red Sox have ever had. So you're down on Buck. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. That was from May 30th, 2016. Um, yes. That was, uh, and then I think I have, I'm going to try and find the Pablo Sandoval one. Um, <laughs> it it but, is an interesting distinction, though, between the Clay and the Pablo, because Clay was all on field. It was never personal. You didn't, no. you didn't, you didn't hate the guy himself. Pablo, no. you could not stand as a human being. Yeah, no, I, I hated him. Uh, that, that was personal. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I'm going to bore people with the the backstory of that one because I'm sure a lot of people do know. But yeah, he he was on Instagram um, during game in 2015 and I had just broken up with my girlfriend. So I was that was back when the Instagram page had like the activity feed. 
So I was being toxic and I was like, is she liking any dude's pictures right now? Like, let me fucking check to see if she's liking any dude's pictures. And then I saw Clay Buck. No, uh, Paulo Sandoval was liking pictures of this well-endowed woman. And I was like, is Pablo Sandoval on Instagram during the game right now? And this actually spawned the the feud with Pete Abraham because he had emailed me like a fucking fat piece of shit anyway. And was like, he's like, couldn't have been him. His brother, his brother has access to his Instagram account. Wasn't Pablo is his brother. And I was like, bought right, the excuse. Yeah, I was like, thanks for the detail. I'll include it in the story. But uh, it definitely could have been him. And then the next day, Pablo came out and admitted that it was him. Uh, and then he got suspended for it and uh yeah then it's it was kind of all all downhill from there i can't i'll i'll find it there's there's definitely some nbc sports boston video of me just laying into pablo sandoval um but i'll find it i'll find it it was a good one i just i hate him from beefing with clay to Pablo, mm-hmm. to Caleb Ort. To Caleb Ort. To Suck today, by the way. Yeah, he's, I, like I said, you know, Caleb Ort, just not worth my fucking time. I'll like, say it for you. Yeah. Like I, I told you, I was sitting in the dugout on Tuesday, and he just like walked by. We made eye contact for a brief second, and then he like quickly looked away and like kept walking. I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, like we're not in high school, bro. We, like, it'll take two seconds to have a conversation to be like, hey, like, it's all good. Um, but anyways, the Red Sox swept the Toronto Blue Jays, and I thought I, I I almost tweeted something that would have been a bad take. It would have been a bad take. My bad take that I did not tweet, but I thought about tweeting was if the Red Sox win this game, it's going to be the most depressing sweep of all time because of Garrett Whitlock coming out after one inning. But in the way that the Red Sox won, Alex Verdugo uh hitting the home run in the ninth inning his first home run since may 1st also wasn't it jordan romano that he hit it off of on may 1st as well i believe so yeah so that was pretty fucking cool a lot of cool moments like we're gonna have a very uh loaded clark's ketchup series mvp discussion and speaking of clark's ketchup series mvp uh the clark's ketchup series mvp was a was a topic of conversation on the radio broadcast with uh, Will Fleming and Mike Monaco and uh, Jake even got a birthday shout out, which was more than Tyler could say he did for it. Fuck you. Talking about I wrote a very nice text. After the game, we will vote for the player of the series. Here's the pitch to Duran. It's fouled back. It's one and one. The name redacted podcast run mm. by Jared Carabas and Tyler Milliken. Jake, who I think he had a birthday yesterday. He did. Jake did. Mm-hmm little sneak preview mm. I will submit my vote in a different way mm. and there will be a cameo appearance 1-1 mm. pitch is swung on and missed by Duran and it's 1-2 and two. the intrigue absolutely builds on my end <laughs> all I know is I think did Lou forget to vote once is yeah. that what happened yeah of course I also caught major heat one time for a controversial vote Clover yeah, that's the thing I hear about more than anything is this the same thing as the Clark's ketchup? That's what we're talking okay. about. That's what we're talking there about. There will be plenty of packets, plenty of bottles, and a lot of drizzling after this. Oh! Is. Hopefully after a sweep. Yeah! Bye. The 2-2. <laughs> as Shohei Otani hits his 31st home run. <laughs> Guy's a fucking freak. 
Uh, I will say Will doing that and, you know, him and Monaco, amazing radio. That is a fun grouping to hear together, kind of do their thing, pairing, however you want to phrase it. But I don't know. To say, to say that to that group, like radio listeners, I feel like that's just expanding to more people. Like, you know, it's a different audience who's listening to the radio on a daily basis, yeah. maybe even the older audience. To spread that and be talking about drizzling ketchup, they're probably so confused. But I think we're going to have our oldest age range of listeners ever for this episode. I do believe that. You think so? I think there's going to be a lot of people who are like, what the fuck was Will talking about? They're and they're going to be listening to this episode. Each other? What are they it, doing? Yeah. Old people get weird. They get freaky. Oh, man. Lots of old people sex. You think so? Oh, dude, they bang. They oh, swing, right? Is it- Speaking of that. You fucked an old person? Um, no. But when I was in Chicago, uh, I was at this uh, I was at this restaurant. We were out to dinner and the area that the restaurant was in, they call it the Viagra Triangle because it's where like 60 plus year old men go to meet younger women uh, that are also in search of like rich sugar daddies. So there's kind of like an understanding that if you're an older guy and there's a younger girl there, it's like you're looking for each other. And we're sitting there at the table having a conversation about God knows what, like carrot cake or something. And I just hear a fucking glass smash and then like a thud. And I thought some like a waiter like passed out and like dropped like a tray or something. And we look over and this like 60 something year old man is laying on the ground, like holding his face like this. And we're like, what the fuck just happened? Then there we look over and there's this dude, six, seven, fucking 280 pounds, huge dude. And he's like, that's my fucking daughter, blah, 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 blah. So like that dude laying on the ground must have made a pass at this guy's daughter. And he fucking just one piece them in the face sent him into the table next to him fucking glass went everywhere and like the entire restaurant just like went to like a shush and this dude is huge like no one's gonna tell him like hey get out of here pal skedaddle so he's standing there and the dude that's on the floor was at dinner with another older gentleman probably like late 60s maybe and he gets up and is like standing in front of the guy that just punched the dude and the, the guy that laid out the other dude looks at his buddy and he's like, he's like, what do you want? Tough guy. You want something too? And he's, he's across the table from him. He's like, he's like, you want to see how good this reach is? <laughs> oh <my laughs> like, we're just sitting there being like, this guy has done this before. <laughs> this is, this is not his first rodeo of slugging someone in the face. Uh, so that was, uh, that was, something. you didn't step in. No, I mean, the guy was defending his daughter. What was I going to do? I, I'm on his elderly side. abuse. Apparently, he crossed the line. I mean, don't uh, if there's one thing that you don't do, it is uh, it is getting in a situation like that where you got the father there, the daughter's there and you're an old dude. Like, come on, dude, dude deserved every bit of that knuckle sandwich that he got. This is scary. I, I don't know. I, I what happened if they just he didn't approve of the relationship. Could it have been a situation like that. No, there were two different tables. So he was, oh, so he was like shooting his shot in a bad yeah. way. Yeah. Like oh, the okay. Tables All were right. next to each other and their chairs were back to back. 
You should have hopped in and stomped him. Yeah, I didn't, he didn't need any help. Be a hero. <laughs> that guy, he had it. He had it under control. <laughs> Six seven, beast. And the Dude. guy's buddy just left him for death. Oh yeah. I mean, what was he gonna do? He's like, what do you want, tough guy? You want some of this? <laughs> no. Did the guy get up or did like an ambulance come and get him? He laid there for a while. He laid there for a while. I think most of it was embarrassment. Like he, uh, he eventually got up and sat back down. He was like, "Whoa, what was that? <laughs> the fucking <laughs> egg on his forehead. Oh, man. It was great. That's yeah. honestly a good strategy, though, to lay there when something bad happens. Like, yeah. I think everyone's done that before. If I've fallen, I fell in high school one time when I was going down the stairs and like, you know, my shit went everywhere. My Coke rolled down the hallway. I just laid there. And a lot of people kind of just didn't say anything. And they walked by. Give it a minute. Get yourself up. Dust it off. And then, you know, most of the time those people left. You have to be arguably the most. I guess disgraceful. Unbalanced, non-poised. Like that must have been the most embarrassing fall of all time. Oh, extremely. I, I was running to the lunchroom. Sixth grade. Very excited. It was pizza day. Uh, uh, I uh, yes, I was yeah, pushing yeah. down the stairs, got down the first half of the stairs. Good. What day Second was your nugget day? Uh, I think I think it might have been Tuesdays. Yeah, it was either Monday or Tuesday. I was a big spicy uh, chicken sandwich guy. Yeah. A lot of spicy chicken sandwiches. But mm-hmm. man, when I hit the floor and the Coke exploded, so it's like fizzing all over the floor. Mm-hmm. You know, the teachers are like, hey, like, do you want to go to the nurse? And I'm like limping to the lunchroom, still trying to get my pizza. Didn't get my pizza, but no. you win some, you lose some. No. Jake, how was your birthday? It was awesome. But also, side note, I feel like Tyler probably fell like three times a day in middle school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> High school, too. I, yeah. I took a lot of falls in my life. <clears throat> yeah, I could see that. Jake, did I send you a sweet message? No, I appreciated the message. It was just a little bit late. <laughs> I have I have a fair. I was say? coming back. What was, the, what was the message? Was it sentimental? It, it's way too long to read. It, it, it is way too long to read. Oh, was, multiple. you probably just sent him like HBD. You're an HBD. No, guy. <laughs> no I am not an HBD guy. Yeah, Are you an HBD yeah. guy? Me? Never. I'm a, I don't I mean, even. Did you text me on my birthday? I think yeah, you tweeted probably, me. Yeah, probably. Yeah, definitely did. See, I didn't even get a personal text message on my birthday. I mean, what would you, I mean, let's be honest. What would you rather have a, a private text message for me? Or did you want like a follower bump? Oh, I, I would have taken both, but you know, I, I will take the follower bump. Mm-hmm. But all I'm saying is I, I sent the personal message to Jake. Yeah, I did too. Do you want to read it, Jake? <laughs> for, it's, it's three messages. First one in all caps. <laughs> Happy birthday, Jake. Hope it was a good day, my man. Throw a couple back for me. Yeah, that was nice. That's deep. That, that's I knew Jake was heavily intoxicated. I didn't want to give him too much to kind of comprehend. Jake is uh, Jake's one of those guys that when, when he throws back a few blue moons, he you, he's still present. He's still here. You Can't know? relate. Yeah, like you're you're just out of control. <clears throat> if it wasn't for Pat Light and the pull that he has in the in the bar industry, you would have been kicked out of the bar several times. Unfair. Not right. I was well behaved. Uh, did you end up booking Lil Wayne, Jake? Uh, we're in talks right now. Okay. Because he was live tweeting the game on Saturday. Yeah. Which brings us to 
Tyler. Not just a series win. But it was a sweep. Which means you've got some fucking reading to do. Uh, and after... Do you want your suspension now or after you're done reading? Let's do it afterwards. Okay, I think it's it fair to end with yeah. it. Okay. All right. Um, as always, after a Red Sox series win, uh, Tyler does a haiku for every single win that goes out on his Twitter page, which is at fucking, uh, I don't know, Grimace Milliken, whatever the fuck he is. I, whoa, 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 you, you say I look like Grimace now? Yes. Go ahead. Um, then he reads the haikus on the podcast. So the floor is yours. <clears throat> Paxson's knee held strong. Duran took flight, hit a dong. Losing streak. All gone. That's the best one. Old man loves homers. Devers didn't sit. Still banged. Gold glove Verdugo. Verdugo is him. Clutch throws. Game-winning homer. Another J-sweep. A series of haikus by Tyler Milliken. I mean... I was on a heater for like a couple days. Listen, the haikus were good. The fact that you... Jaron Duran went five for five with four doubles, which is a Red Sox record, plus uh, a fifth hit, base hit. And if given the opportunity, because I think he got the the fifth hit was a single, was with two outs, um, did not have a chance to steal a base, but he was thinking about it. I think if he if he gets that base hit with one or zero outs, he's probably swiping that back. So he, I would have counted that as a fifth double. I think that's fair. And listen, I, I had a lot of Jaron Duran tweets throughout the game. Uh, but I think like you said at the beginning of the pod, that Alex Verdugo moment kind of, it, it took over. It took over. It, it was all I could think about. It kind of just overwhelmed me. And, you know, big throw. Alex Cora shouted out, you know, him getting Bo Bichette earlier in the game when Caleb Ort was there and being able to keep another run off the board. I had to let it fly. I only have so many syllables to burn here. I'm not perfect. It wasn't my best no, not, piece of work, not. but I tried. No, I mean... That's and you know what? You know how hard it is to rhyme too. Now people expect the rhymes every time. Haikus aren't even supposed to fucking rhyme hey, in the first place. Hey, do you want to be known as the greatest fucking Red Sox haiku writer of all time? Then stop complaining about the expectations. I, I'm not, but I, all people, I'm saying people, is people just want the best out of you, and I want the best out of you. So if I'm gonna, I, I praise you when the haikus are good. But when Jaron Duran goes five for five with four doubles and a single, and he just doesn't even get a fucking mention in the haiku, you're better than that. I am. I, I, I am better than that. But all I'm saying is, you know, everybody, even ace, aces go out there and sometimes get touched up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Today, I went out there and I gave, up, I gave up four or five runs in three innings. And I came out of the game. Cora said, give me the fucking ball and go sit in the dugout. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting in the dugout right now. Yeah. I'm not uh, pouting. I'm not Winkowski. Old Winkowski. Yeah. <laughs> new mm-hmm. new Winkowski. We'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not pouting. I'll be better. Thank you. Uh, last week, I said we were debuting not one, but two new segments. One of them was an old segment. I didn't even tell you what the new uh, segment is. Why did I just do that? <clears throat> I didn't tell you what the new uh, segment is. I think you did. Did I? Uh, is, does it involve certain uh, Nesson or calls in general, I should say? Yes. Yes. Yeah. We talked about that. 
Did I say it publicly? Yes. Oh. Right, Jake? Yeah, we said it on the pod. Okay, I'm an idiot then. I thought I thought that that was a private conversation. Or I thought I didn't even tell you guys. Um, all right. The call of the series brought to you by the Nextel i90 is Dave O'Brien. What? I like that. I like that sound. Yeah, you guys probably don't even know what that means, huh? Okay, so listen, I'm going to be old school. I can be an old head. There used to be like a walkie-talkie function, right? Back in the day. Uh-huh. Are you proud of me? I never used it or knew anyone with it, but I remember it. That's how I used to get all the bitches back in the day. You'd have to be like, what's up, shawty? What up, girl? How you doing? And like, oh, do you remember? Did you, did you, did you do Mrs. Regis's Spanish homework? Then what would they say? Leave me alone. <laughs> um, yeah, shout out to the Nextel i90 for sponsoring the segment. Um, of course, it is Alex Verdugo's ninth inning home run to win the game in the series finale to sweep the Toronto Blue Jays. Dave O'Brien, take it away. It was an all-star last year. There's a swing and a drive. Doogie hopped all over it, and she is gone! Yes, sir! Yes, sir! And the Sox lead at 5-4! Last home run was May 1st against these Blue Jays. And boy, did he enjoy this one. Did you see the bat toss? <laughs> Just jumping all over this first pitch from Romano, 97. Goodness gracious. Wow. Yeah, a long ball. time coming, but what a time to do it. Okay. I like that call. The good call had the emotion. You got Loomer in there. Adding a Need little- it. Spice a little flavor to it. Oh, yeah. So, again, shout out to Nextel, the i90. Uh, in, stores, in stores 16 years ago. Go get you an i90. Shout out the pimp job, by the way, as well. Yeah. The hopscotch little move, whatever the mm. little skipping was. I wanted oh, yeah. to skip after it. Don't do that. You'll fall down. I'm a good skipper. Um, I don't believe that. Hopscotch much? Yeah. One, on, 1v1 me, bro. 1v1 me? <laughs> You want to get cooked? You'll see it. Oh, my God, dude. Anyways, baseball fans, you can be winning every inning with the hottest offers in the game. DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered from the top to the first to the bottom of the ninth all season long. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can take a shot at bigger payouts with the DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place your parlay by combining three or more bets from the same game. Each additional leg gets you an extra boost up to 100%. Step up to the plate right now with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app and sign up with the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D. New customers can bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code Jared. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after insurance. Opt-in and 10-plus leg requirement for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. 
terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Uh, my parlay hit again, Jake. I can't, I can't lose. I can't lose right now. It's kind of crazy. And the one that I hit on Friday, I did Soto two plus total bases, Tatis to get a hit, but then the Reds to win. And they were tied in the ninth inning. And all I had was the Soto two plus total bases. Tatis got a hit in extras. And then the Reds hit a walk off home run to win the game in extras. So that was uh, that was clutch. Had him the whole way. Had him the whole way. Parlays are easy, Tyler. I don't know if you uh, you've been doing any. I'm going to just start betting everything in my bank account away. You should be you should be betting. You should be taking my picks. I can double down on those. I'm willing yeah. to make some money, Jake. I'm going to start Jake's sweeps calls after what happened this series. I kind of know Jake. what direction I need to go in as well. Jake with the reverse sweep. He said enough is enough. Stop losing to bad teams. I'm going reverse sweep to get get us out of it. And uh, listen, Jake went when you went reverse sweep the last time. Did they sweep? That was the Yankees series. Yeah, they swept the Yankees. So you've picked the other team to sweep twice and the Red Sox swept those series. Both times. Both times. <laughs> Jake's going to get some votes again, I think. Jesus Christ. Good for you, Jake. Good for you. Um, all right. Yeah, let's talk about the series just a little tiny bit because uh, I don't know how you guys feel, but with the transparency, once again, I'm still not fully back in. Like I'm watching the games, but I'm not like, I don't know, guys, could they do it? Is this going to be a team like that? Now you're running into the territory of uh, is this, is this bad? Is winning bad? Because now the the approach of what we think they should do, which is sell off the veteran pieces. What if they start winning a bunch of games and is that going to mess everything up? Like, I don't know that that kind of is a little bit of a predicament. I don't know how you feel about that, Tyler. No, I, I get it. And you see the tone change on Twitter depending on the day, right? Like after the Marlins series, it seemed like 95% of people were like, yeah, you know, you need to sell what you can here. The James Paxson's, the Adam Duvall's, let's get them out. After the sweep, it flips back and people, whoa, well, you know, they're only a couple pieces away. I think that's where the Garrett Whitlock situation really comes to the forefront here. And you got to start to be really realistic about the rotation. But the other thing is, this is who this Red Sox team has been this year. They're going to go with the roller coasters up and downs, but I don't think anyone here sees them transforming or even having enough, you know, ammo power or however you want to, you know, phrase it to be able to compete with the best teams in baseball. They're just not consistent enough as a ball club. And that's their biggest problem. Yeah, it's great that you went to care of business against the Blue Jays, a team that this year you seemingly have their number, but how quickly you forget that Marlins team that kicked your teeth in. You know, losing two the last two games of that three game series against the White Sox, the last two against the Twins, and o- the overall stretch here, just like that six game winning streak, you can't get too excited about it because you know where the dips and flows are, and now you're weakening what has become the weakest part of this team at the moment. That's scary. That that's really scary for them. So no, I, I'm not going in one direction or another. It's more this team is exactly who I thought they were. They're going to have these, you know, weekends or stretches where you're really happy and feeling good. But you look around the corner and, you know, there's probably another stretch that's going to be just as infuriating or just as annoying as the ones that were before it. This is where they hover. And it'd be one thing if they were all getting healthy. Like if you're like, oh, Tanner Houck's going to be back in a week. Chris Sale's going to be back in a week. Like, let's go. Let's ride. That's not the case. 
And you find out today, Garrett Whitlock, I know Cora said after the game, it was the same thing he dealt with before. It's not what Whitlock said after the game. No idea why he was speaking, by the way, but they chose to have him speak. And he goes, no, my elbow's been stiff for a bit now. And this is different than the elbow neuritis that I dealt with in April. It feels different he, for a guy who's already had Tommy John. He, um, I don't know how to describe his body language. Stoic, maybe. Like he wasn't giving any type of emotion. Like he didn't seem concerned. He didn't seem happy. He didn't seem. He was just very just blank, uh, talking to the media after the game. It wasn't and, saying much overall with the wording. Kind of just. Working the questions. That's it. Yeah. I think Tubby Tits was asking him about, uh, like, is this something that you just felt today? Is it something that you felt leading into today? And he kind of danced around the question. He had to, like, ask it multiple times. And then he finally said, I don't know, both. So, which, once again, why the fuck, if there's even a hint of elbow stiffness, why is he pitching? I, mean, I don't care we how don't bad it know, is. We don't always know that he communicates that. If you go out and pitch Fair. and you are throwing 96 in the first inning, your last time out against Miami, uh, and you don't want to be known as the injury guy. Like, you don't want to be known as like, man, like, I think your pride gets in the way, your ego gets in the way, and he's had injuries every year, basically. Like, he's missed time every year that he's pitched in the big leagues, and Eventually, you, you don't, you don't want to be known as a guy that oh, like you don't want to hear the chatter of, oh, they're going to put me back in the bullpen. The last time that he got hurt as a starter, they put him back in the bullpen. A lot and of people it, said that was the death blow to the starter conversation at the time. Yeah, like the last time that he had a major injury and he was starting, he was in the starting rotation. They put him back in the bullpen. And if he doesn't want to go back in the bullpen, which we're not accounting for, really. I mean, everyone's just like, oh, no, can't make it as a starter. Put him back in the bullpen. What if he doesn't want to do that? So now you're just like kind of pitching through something that you feel like if my manager knows about this, if the team knows about this, they're going to shut me down. And if they shut me down, when I come back, are they going to put me in the bullpen to manage my innings? Like, I don't want to go in the bullpen. I, I want to be a starter. I'm a starter. So all that stuff kind of factors in. We don't know. We don't know what's behind the curtain at this point in time. Uh, but I think what is apparent is that his last two starts coming into today, Whitlock did not look right. He's already been injured this year. Uh, he's, he had been what, this was probably what start number eight or nine since coming back from injury. Does that sound right? It might even be less. It might be closer to six or seven. Uh, I'm not sure off the top of my head. I think maybe, Um, yeah, it's probably about, yeah, seven or eight, somewhere in there. And there was definitely a change two starts ago coming into today. Who was that? It was the one before Miami. Who was that? New York? I believe I'm pulling up his game log right here, but we know over the last two starts, Lou kind of really talked about it. He'd been a bit of a two pitch pitcher in some of those starts. One, he cut out the slider completely. The other, he cut out the changeup. But uh, if you go back here, it was Miami, Minnesota, Minnesota. Okay. And then Minnesota was where he went seven innings. They were talking about on the broadcast too, that there was some belief that he may have been tipping his changeup. So when we're talking about, uh, the poor performance and are we going to attribute that to an injury or is it tipping or is it both? There's just a lot of gray area with Garrett Whitlock right now where sure he could be tipping, but he told you today. Yeah, this whole this whole elbow thing. That's not something that I just started feeling today. And uh, I don't know because I, I, I was watching the game live. Was there any moment that 
he kind of like shook his arm. There was. Yeah. So uh, I think it was the Bo Bichette strikeout. I didn't see it in the moment, but he kind of walks back and he's like, you know, it looks a little bit like uh, that the, typical the flexing. Tingles. Yeah. Uh, where where yeah. he's shaking it a little bit. And Cora said that's when he knew. Yeah. He was like, something wasn't right and we weren't taking that chance. Yeah. The only thing I'd throw into that conversation, Jared, and you're right, we don't know. And maybe he wasn't saying anything. We know the last time he dealt with this, they did know. And they it was during a bullpen session and that had been spoken about. That he was yeah. dealing with a little bit of that feeling, but this is a different feeling, like you said. If it reminds him of Tommy John, is he going to be like, uh, let's just, I'm going to see how far this takes me and how long I can get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're in a bad spot. They're in a bad spot. They already have to use an opener because <clears throat> Tanner Houck's down. Chris Sale's down. Even though uh, the last podcast, we had gotten the update about Sale and it was good news. We didn't talk about it because not that it's not worth talking about. I think we had a lot of other things on our plate that episode that we wanted to get into. Um, <clears throat> but I guess it's worth mentioning now that Chris Sale feels better. Uh, that's a good sign considering the only other timeline that I saw was the one that I dug up on Jacob DeGrom where it was four months, which would have him come back right before the playoffs. And who gives a shit at that point? Uh, but if he's already kind of feeling better and they're progressing towards maybe August. OK, all right. That's that's next month. That's uh, that's sooner than I would have guessed. I think the way they phrase it, he's throwing it like 60 or 70 percent, basically. And they're kind of taking it day by day. But that's where you get into a tough spot here because there's really there's no solution unless they're going to go deal for someone, which. I think based on Heim's comments and maybe the Whitlock injury changes that conversation. Heim seemed pretty set on like talks are going to pick up after the all-star break and then we'll start to really get there. But, you know, two holes in your rotation with three. the next month. Yeah, you could realistically call it three, but three you know, and a half. I mean, yeah, two spots not- that are legit whole holes right now, though. Yeah, you're but talking you- sale. You're talking Hauk. You're talking Whitlock. And like, let's not forget. I mean, we got away with it, but. James Paxton had to come out of his last start with a knee injury and he's, he, you know, take him at his word. Hey, I, I think I'll feel good enough to make my next start. And he did. And he was great. Uh, James Paxton, the big maple going out there on was it was it Canada Day? I don't know when Canada Day is. No, it was the day after day before or yeah, Canada Day. Canada Day was the day after. Yeah, it was the day before Canada, Canada Day. Uh, he goes out there and looks fantastic again. Today's price is not yesterday's price. It's going to go up uh, if they do decide to. Well, let me ask you this. Would you, knowing what the value of a James Paxton could potentially be on the trade market, um, but also knowing if you're trying to compete next year, you might need a guy like this. Are you trading James Paxton? Or are you going to like explore the idea of getting him under contract for another year or two? I'd be very scared to some degree to extend him based off the injury history. Like, are, are you going to get this version of him moving forward? I don't know. We we know throughout the career where the injuries have been, uh, but we also know the Red Sox had an option on the table heading into this year for two years and 32 million. Right. So there was at least the belief from the Red Sox. All right. We think this guy could pitch in 2023 and maybe even 2024. Now where they stand, it's just you sit back. It's him and Marcus Stroman. Those are the two best names that are probably on the table at the trade deadline if you're looking for a rental arm. And I like Marcus Stroman. Let's be real. There's going to be teams that are scared about him because of the media stuff and that he's going to bring some of that stuff with him. What kind of drama does that bring? James Paxson slides in and he's been so ridiculous up to this point this year. We're talking 270 ERA, 324 FIP. 
talking about the knee issue, he topped out at 98.2 on Friday. All yeah. his velo was about half a tick up. Yeah. So like he was feeling it and you know, he's pitching in Toronto. So that may be part of it as well. But right now I still feel pretty comfortable in the camp of you need to move him based off where this team is going uh, because, but maybe your outlook on Whitlock changes now. Is that the guy you thought was going to be in the middle of your rotation, you know, for the next couple of years? And what if he needs Tommy John surgery? What if his elbow's blown out? Well, that's 2023 and that's 2024. We're, we're talking about the rest of this year and next year. If he that's, needs something that was like my that. first thought, that was my first thought when he came out of the game, I was like, is this C in 2025? And then it's like, whoa, then you're not even having starter conversations at that point. He's a reliever. Um, so maybe that changes or it. He, not, he might not be anything. Yeah. You go a whole another year and a half. Who knows where you're at at that when, point? You have him under contract. Deal up? Uh, well, they have a lot of uh, club options on him. I'm going to look at that right now. Correctly. I'll pull up the language of his contract. But um, at the moment, if you ask me, like if Whitlock turns out to be okay, you got to make some decisions. I still think he is your best trade asset. And, you know, we mentioned Nelson Cruz. Can you get your Joe Ryan? Could yeah. you get a Glaber Torres? I think even that's pushing in at this point in time. But if you yeah. think you can get something like that, that's awesome. But do the Red Sox go and say, how the fuck are we going to get through the next couple months? You here's know, we, the, we can't throw these guys to the wolves here and expect them to get through it for you know 60 games. Here's the language on the Garrett Whitlock. Uh, contract. So it's four years, $18.75 million, uh, $1 million signing bonus. So he's under contract for this year at a million bucks. Very cheap. Next year, three and a quarter, 25, five and a quarter, 26, seven and a quarter, 27, eight and a quarter, uh, which is a club option with a million dollar buyout. And then in 2028, Ten and a half. That's a club option with just a $500,000 buyout. Um, and the options may increase up to $4 million each based on innings and awards. So, yeah. It's... Uh, if you don't have them next year, it's uh, three and a quarter. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard conversation because then you start going down the list. It's like... I thought his deal was cheaper than that. No, I, I knew the club options were there, but the reason everyone felt so good about that deal to some degree was like, hey, dude, if he turns out to be a mid-rotation starter at that price, it's an absolute fucking steal. And I think maybe even the hope for him was higher at that time as a starter. People were thinking more front of the rotation than middle of the rotation. What are you but thinking right now? I'm terrified. If it's a long-term injury, if he blew his elbow out, then you know you have to really start to say, all right, well, the starter thing didn't work. Um, I'd be looking at the Red Sox medical staff and be saying, like, how the fuck did this get green-lighted? Like, if he's blown twice, his elbow was barked in three months. Like, dude, you guys thought he was going to be able to hold up here. What happened? Like, well, what did this come down to? And then overall, it's just your expectation on the player has to change. If he needs a second Tommy John surgery, I think you got to stop with the starter conversation. It's really yeah. hard to sell anyone on that yeah, at that over. point. It's over after that. And and the other thing. And then, too, then you like, look at Heim in the front office and what a mark that is because you got to say really their biggest find. Did they ruin him? I think it's hard to pin that on them and say like, oh, you fucked the guy's career. Like, but there's something there where you guys thought he could handle this and he couldn't. I think it's it's not so much that it's on the Red Sox front office because the player still has to want to do it, right? Like and he wants to, to do it. 
you're a fucking starter. You have no choice. Like it, it's the other way around. Like if you can say that to a starter, like, Hey buddy, you're a fucking reliever. It's not working out, but I don't think you can look at a reliever and be like, you're a fucking starter and you have absolutely no, no say in the matter. Uh, which by the way, quick shout out to Nick Pavetta again, look good out of the bullpen. He, uh, Penn Vetta has been uh, quite an addition to this 2023 ball club. But when it comes to Garrett Whitlock, I think that it wasn't like when we were talking about whether or not he should be a reliever or whether or not he should be a starter. A lot of it was based on ability, right? Like when he's a relief pitcher, he's electric. The velocity's up. Everything's up. Like it's not just a fastball. Everything ticks up as a reliever. And that's not uncommon. I mean, that happens. Um, But I think the underlying conversation besides just the stuff and the velocity was this guy, this guy's been getting hurt. And a guy like that, do you want him to put more stress on the elbow and the shoulder? Is that something that makes sense right now? So in a way, back to the original point that that generated it in the start of the year was this is the year to find out. Because what if he, you know, like he has the injury in 21, which is what the peck um, at the end of the year. Yeah, he's had Tommy John. He's had elbow issues in spring hip. training hip. Yeah, the hip was last year. Um that stuff has all happened, but let's give it a full go this year and see what happens. Well, we've seen what, what happens and we're still waiting. I mean, as of this time, like we're recording Sunday night at like seven o'clock and we don't know for sure what the MRI is or what the official diagnosis is, but it didn't seem great. Like it didn't seem like uh, and, and Garrett Whitlock is not a guy that you can read into his body language. Like he just kind of he, he's always got that body language of my dog just died. No offense. What happened to Bullet? Mm. He died. Garrett Whitlock kind of always looks like that. Uh, so I don't know, but it, it he did seem perturbed to be answering some of the questions. So I don't know. I, I thought I, Coro also looked worried. He he just looked MRI. Who knows? I, I'm not. We'll see. And I'm sure it worries me that, that though, what he thought that it was the same thing. It's not the same thing. The it's fact part, that it's, part of that has to be like, here we go again. Like we just yeah. fucking did this with Chris Sale. We just did this with Tanner Houck. And now we're doing this with Garrett Whitlock. You're going down essentially, maybe not in the in the exact order, but you're going down the power rankings of your best starting pitchers. And it's just boom, boom, boom. See you later. Like, we're just not in a good spot right now. Uh, and the pitching depth is. I mean, where are we at? Like, you know, you, you fucking you're out of it. Yeah, like you've already very much tapped into your break glass in case of emergency. You've already done that. We already have Caleb Ort starting games. And he sucks. But I'm just saying, like, uh, you are already kind of uh, in a position where it's like, man, we are scraping the bottom of the fucking barrel to get innings. Uh, to win baseball games and to their credit they're still winning games like they have a winning record they have Caleb Ort starting baseball games and now we're going to get to a point where it's like uh you know it is is are we going to stretch him out <laughs> like like is he no longer an opener he's just going to be a full-blown fucking starter because we don't have anybody else like we can't have like an opener, because then then we're going to be using like six, seven relievers during a game. Like we need those innings now. And that's where you sit here and you can get mad about the Corey Kluber situation. Like, I, I think it's funny. I saw people like 
Corey Kluber redemption tour. Have you heard a fucking word about Corey Kluber since he went on the IL? It's like this dude fell off the face of the earth. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure they left him wherever they were when they put him on the IL, and he is not anywhere close. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, like your options here are extremely limited. Uh, Tuesday and Thursday, we know Paxson's going on paternity leave. Uh, they're expecting their next child on that Tuesday. Congratulations to him. They have Bayo Wednesday. Core's like, I don't know. We're gonna figure it out. Chris Murphy's gonna start or not start. He's gonna follow on Tuesday. So like there's Chris gonna be Murphy. some. Yep, we we like Chris Murphy. As much as I like Chris Murphy, this is a guy who's getting shelled at AAA while starting. He's in his first big league season, in his first real big league month. Like, and you're putting these kind of expectations on him. And we know Brandon Walter, they scratched him from his start. He ended up coming out of the bullpen on Friday for the Woo Sox, got a couple innings. Cora says, we don't view him as a starter either. We, vo- we view him in the same light as Chris Murphy. He's going to follow an opener. There's no super easy solution. Like, whoever they're going to have to call up and this is where I think you look at Nick Pavetta today. I think he fit, finished with 67 pitches uh, was the total. Hey, he's lined up with Garrett Whitlock now. Do you tell Pavetta it is what it is? We're going to throw you in the rotation here because we just don't have any options. Cora doesn't want to. But what is the better option here? Like, you know, we talked about Lamette last start. He's on the development list and for the Sox, They're kind of getting him stretched out and built up. He's not ready to come start on a big league team right now. If Denelson so, Lamette is like the, hey, don't worry, we got Denelson Lamette coming, <laughs> who I loved. I loved Denelson Lamette in 2020. When I, did, uh, when I did that Morning Wood show, I would always open it up. I think we did it at one point. It was like every day. It was like Monday through Thursday. And I would always start with like, welcome back to Morning Wood. Happy Lucas Giolito Day. Happy... Uh, Clayton Kershaw Day, Happy Jack Flaherty Day. He was a guy where I would say Happy Denelson Lamette Day. Like he, like on his start day, I was I would look over like the starting pitchers, be like Denelson Lamette is throwing good enough right now where I can say Happy Denelson Lamette Day. And now, uh, he is not very good. And I mean, like he he is. If you remove the name and you just look at the numbers, he's might kick him. <laughs> like that's all right yeah, hey, yes hey, in terms hey. of sucking no, but like yes, this yes. guy it's only been a couple years we're not talking a decade ago right three years ago what was nick pavetta when the red Sox went and turned him back into a usable pitcher in the big leagues he was cooked nick pavetta looked like dog shit and they said hey we're gonna send no, you next to connor c no terrible terrible comparison the two nick guys that nick pavetta did, was a four and a half era guy and then he came here and he was a four and a half era guy. he wasn't even that four and a half era guy lamette i'm saying you look at lamette at least you know what is it 2023 three years ago fourth in cy young voting pavetta like, never had a season like lamette did no no but i'm talking about guys that were you know nick pavetta was a top pitching prospect guys that a lot of people believed in and the red Sox were able to save him from being you know, barely even a reliever at that point into a usable option. The Phillies were so done with him at that point. They fucking threw him in with Connor Siebold. That deal wasn't yeah. about Nick Pavetta. But you, no. you look at like where Pavetta was coming into it. He had a 1588 ERA in 2020. 538 ERA the year before. Got relegated to the bullpen. It was pouting out there and they were fucking done with him. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you can turn him into something that just gets you through the last month, month and a half. So you can maybe deal a Paxton and you're not throwing out absolute no names out there. Maybe it's something. It's a 450. That's something. But, you know, he's not even an option for you right now. That guy isn't an option for you. So, you know, you start going down the AAA depth chart here and it's like, 
Jake Faria? Like, is, is that what you're hoping on? A guy who's not even on the 40 man? Who's uh, the, bear, the bear claw guy? He's doing good. Yeah. Out of indie ball, you know, that name that was uh, two know, around for some time. Good. But, you know, it, it's nothing. None of the peripherals are that good. It's no one you want to depend on. And then it's Rio Gomez and Shane Drohan. I saw people bringing that name up scratch or came out of his last start with some kind of calf cramp. They skipped him this past start and he's not Brian Bayo. Like expecting some guy to be pushed in with lesser innings than Bayo had at AAA. It's asking a lot. That's not good for his development. Maybe the Red Sox don't have a choice. And Mata, some people are saying, where's Brian Mata? He's still not back from his last strain. I saw him tweet the other day, a picture of him in a Sox uniform saying like soon or something. He's still not back and he's not a big league starter either. So where is this help coming from? I don't know. Maybe Lamette can become something useful for a month and a half just to get you through. I'm not saying he's going to be a Cy Young guy. Can you give me a four or five? Can you be fine? That's asking a lot, but can you give me something along those lines? Can we turn you from useless to somewhat useful? Mm. But that's a, and there's off days in July. I think that's the one thing along with the all-star break. Like they get one day off a week, basically uh, for most of the month. So you can kind of position your rotation here and there. It's just trading packs. in now feels like, fuck, what is everyone else in the rotation going to do at that point? <laughs> Like it's that, how do you sell that, that to Alex Cora? Thought about where it's like, all right, you trade packs and now what? Like who's you still have to put? You can't just opt out of the rest of the season. No, like, right, hey, we're gonna sign, we're gonna trade James Paxson. It's like, all right, well, uh, I mean, that's why I go back. Caleb Orr, it's just gonna be in the rotation now. It's like Bayo. Okay, well, Hulk will probably be back around the trade deadline. Hopefully, you know, right in that area. So him, Cutter, Klubot. Yeah. Yeah, maybe well, you hope Whitlock Whitlock is alive or, you know, it's not serious, but feels like it's going in that direction. Has there been an update on Kluber? Like, did they send him to Nothing. Fort Myers at least or he's just home chilling? I'm assuming he's with the team, but I have not heard a single word from about Corey Kluber. Like all those injury updates came out and Kluber wasn't even listed in any of them. Uh, like we got an update on legit almost every single player who was on the IL and Corey Kluber's name was nowhere being mentioned. That might have been the, the last pitch that he throws in the big leagues. Maybe like here, Mike Monaco put out the tweet. No timetable yet for story. He's going to face John Schreiber in a live BP Tuesday. Blyer pitched today. Uh, Yu Chang's starting a rehab assignment tomorrow. Pablo Reyes will start a rehab assignment Tuesday. No words on Corey Kluber. I didn't even know Pablo Reyes was hurt, honestly. Yeah, he, that abdominal strain. It's it's I just how do you figure out the rotation? It's it's not good. I saw some people float in trades like, do you want to go get like Michael Lorenzen and say, fuck, we just need to like eat innings here. Maybe 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 you try to pull something off like that. But do you want to give up assets for something that's not going to matter long term? It's another part of the combo. Mm. Um, yeah, we gave some love to James Paxton in the first game, seven and two thirds, three hits. Shut out couple walks, whiffs. seven strikeouts. Uh, Cutter Crawford went in game two and he went five and two thirds, three hits, two earned, couple walks, five strikeouts, gave up a couple bombs there, but um, got the win. And uh, after Cutter Crawford, Tyler, Josh Winkowski came into the game, who I don't know. I don't I, I don't know. What are you seeing 
with your boy, Josh Winkowski, that would lead to him just kind of. Because people were blaming Alex Cora. Being like, I think there oh. I think there was some blame to be dealt there. I, I think they're asking a lot for a guy who hasn't been good in some time. Like, like I, I understand where the bullpen was like they pulled cutter after 74 pitches. And I know we took that liner from Kevin Kiermeyer, So maybe that was part of it. But that felt like a moment where maybe you asked for a little bit more. And, and you had a good lead at the time as well. So, like, you know, you have options in that bullpen. I know Chris Martin wasn't available, but, you know, whether it was a Bernardino or whatever it was. But, you know, getting Josh Winkowski up to 56 pitches at this point, like, I'm sorry, Josh Winkowski isn't that high on my trust list to be able to be giving you that much. And the big thing for me recently is, you know, he wasn't getting whiffs and he wasn't striking guys out. Well, that kind of changed. He struck out four, um, you know, in this outing, which was nice. It was like, all right, he's starting to miss some bats again. Shout out Kike Hernandez, who fucking can't catch the ball hit right at him in the seventh. So you're asking him to get extra outs. He got through the seventh and I was like, Okay, I'll take that. Like, you know, he shouldn't have given up the run on the pickoff attempt. If Kike catches the ball hit right at him, we'll take it. Awesome. You gave me an inning and a third. That's all I'm asking for Josh Winkowski. They send him out for the eighth inning. God help you, man. Not only does he like go out there and, you know, gets the first two strikeouts. Things are kind of rolling. Then you walk Vladdy Chapman takes him deep and you leave him in for two more batters. Like, or, like you got to what more do you want out of him? Like, do you're asking. They're bad. I know they're really bad, but you look at Josh Winkowski, you're giving him too much length here. Go ahead. Do you want, do you want some numbers? Uh, no, but go. No. Fuck off. He has been bad for longer than he's been good this year. Through his first 14 appearances, Tyler, it was a 150 ERA, the 299 fit, but whatever. It's a 150 ERA. Through his first 14 appearances. Since then, he has made 15 appearances, 22 and two thirds innings, 32 hits, 17 runs, 13 of them earned, 10 walks, 17 strikeouts, six homers, a 516 ERA. A 668 FIP. Opponents are hitting 340 with a 973 OPS. So you you cut his like people are saying like, oh, like Winkowski hasn't been good as of late. Uh, If you cut his season in half. Like right down the middle. 150 ERA guy for the first 14. The next 15. Fucking awful. Awful. And you wonder why the fifth's bad. It's a lack of strikeouts. It's more walks and it's homers, right? And that's why seeing some of the K's, I was like, all right, like this looks more like Josh Winkowski from, you know, the beginning of the year. He just hasn't been that guy for some time. And clearly the league has made an adjustment to him. We need to see if he can make another adjustment, but asking him to keep going out there and treating him like he's still that option. It's not good. And I think that's a main reason you saw Cora say like, we want to keep Pavetta out there because Pavetta has become you know, closer to that Winkowski role. He's been actually able to give you that length. Winkowski can't right now. So like, I, I, maybe you, know, you still got to lean on him and burst here. You don't have a choice, especially if Pavetta, Pavetta has to start for you. But he, he's not as reliable as he once was. And that's why I was like, You're, why are we riding him for 56 pitches here? Like, this guy isn't the job. It was one thing if it was the guy in April. He hasn't been that guy in a stretch. 
it is what it is. And that's another big blow to a pitching staff where you need those multi-inning guys to kind of give the bullpen a breather. I don't have much faith in him beyond even an inning. And even then you're holding your breath. So you're, you're out on Josh Winkowski. Not out on him. Like he's a young player. I've seen what he can do over a stretch, but you need to make the adjustment. And that's where they are right now. That's why you call him Josh Winkowski. Is what he said. Whoa, whoa, he said. whoa. We're not starting that. I think that's what you said. This is the new version of Garrett Shitlock. You call him Josh Winkucky. <laughs> no, I did not call him yes. Josh Winkucky. Oh, yes, you did. I, I think with Winkowski, I'm not going to even say what you called him. Uh, I, that's what you <laughs> called him. Spare me. I think with Winkowski, you just, you got to lower the leverage and you got to realize the leash can't be as long as it's been in the past. You can't go out there and hope he's going to give you three innings all the time because it's just not. He doesn't have it. Stuff's not playing long enough. He's getting hit after the first speaking, inning. Speaking of leashes. What, what happened to Bullet? Mm, he died. He did. Fuck and you. Uh, I would die for a blue moon right now. I really would. I am parched. I am thirsty. It's the weekend. You guys got any uh, Fourth of July plans? I'm going to sleep. Oh, yeah, you just got back from vacation. You don't need another fun day. Uh, Jake, what are you doing for the 4th of July? Uh, just watching some fireworks and drinking some blue moons. Yeah, you are. You love blue moons. Tell us how much you love blue moons, Jake. Beer is a tried and true baseball tradition, but Blue Moon is the only beer brewed by baseball. Blue Moon was born in a ballpark, first brewed at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. Make it your one-of-a-kind baseball tradition, whether you're at the park or watching from home. It was my birthday this weekend, and honestly, it might as well have been sponsored by Blue Moon. I was having blue moons while I was watching the Red Sox win on Friday night. I was having blue moons while I was watching the Red Sox win on Saturday night. And boy, was I having blue moons on Sunday after the reverse sweep game. Honestly, it was a perfect birthday weekend. I had my blue moons, got the reverse sweep, got the shout out from Will on the Red Sox broadcast. The only thing that was lacking was Tyler not texting me until late at night on my birthday. I mean, everything I've done for this guy and he can't hit me up with a text before 10 p.m. on the night of my birthday... So obvious he just saw the Jared tweet and then hit me up. There's honestly probably a better chance that Bullet comes back from the dead than Tyler remembering my birthday next year. With its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander, Blue Moon Belgian style wheat ale is a one of a kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth creamy finish. Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia and get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something one of a kind? It's bold flavor, bright color, an iconic orange slice ritual guarantee a one-of-a-kind beer experience perfect for spring weather. Best served with its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful bright color. A beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon, but you can enjoy it all season long. Keep baseball traditions alive with Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale. It's one-of-a-kind every time. Check out shop.bluemoonbrewingcompany.com for baseball merch and visit get.bluemoonbeer.com slash jared to find Blue Moon delivery options. That's get.bluemoonbeer.com slash Jared. Blue Moon, made brighter. Celebrate responsibly, Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado Ale. Thank you, Jake. Appreciate that a lot. Um, Jared, are you done with Josh McCousey? Do you think he's cooked? I never liked him to begin with. <laughs> I'm asking you a question. Are you out on Josh McCousey as a reliever? No, I'm sure you can figure it out. I just don't like him. I, I just think is the elite you saw the elite level of pitching in April going to come back? Probably not. Can he still be like a fine seventh inning arm? I think more likely than not. I mean, 
watching him to start the year, I was like, holy shit, like 97 mile an hour sinkers. Like, where did this come from? Uh, but to your point earlier, it's like, yeah, like guys have clearly made adjustments. There's a very clear divide between the first half of what he did this year and the second half of what he's done this year. So I don't know, like make adjustments back or maybe they need to give him a little fucking phantom, not even phantom, just put him on the injured list for fatigue or so. I don't know. I don't know it, what you do with them. And that's where the fatigue, I think there's fair conversations. He's thrown 46 innings already this year, like out of a bullpen. Like that, that's, that's a heavy workload. That's no sure. joke. Yeah, um, no so like, is he kind of hitting a wall a little bit and we've known they stayed away from him at times. Does that factor into it? Where like, Hey, you know, he's, he's been a starter coming up through the minors. That's kind of what he always did before coming into this year. Is he realizing there's a bit of a wall you hit and how do you work through that where the stuff maybe isn't playing like it once was? I think that's part of it. I just, you got to pick your spots here, but in all reality, does most nights core have more options? No, I thought on Saturday he did. Hmm. Well, that was talking Josh Winkowski. Um, The series finale did a lot of talking about Garrett Whitlock, but Bernardino, when he saw Bernardino warming up, you're like, fuck. Um, he comes in, inning in a third, earn run, Caleb Ort, <laughs> charged with a blown save. Some, <laughs> Worst that ever. Yeah, you could get a blown save in like the fourth inning. Uh, he was getting rocked. Just fucking blows. Um, his ERA is still over five and a half. Nick Pavetta, the savior, four innings, two hits, only one earned run. It was a, it was a homer. Walked a couple guys, but punched out six. He's been fucking great out of the bullpen. Shout out to Nick Pavetta. Uh, Chris Martin just doing the damn thing, clean inning, uh, no traffic. Um, and then from out of nowhere, because Kenley Jansen got a f- four out save. Yes. Shout four out to Alex Verdugo. We didn't even hit on his throw, you know, getting Boba yeah. shut we'll, out at home we'll on that Vlad Guerrero single. We'll get there. Fox ketchup. It's Joe Jakes, 28 year old lefty. Um, Grew up a Yankee fan, got his first major league save as a member of the Boston Red Sox. So congratulations to Joe Jakes on that. Um, we'll shout out to Heim. That's a minor league rule five draft pick coming in and getting you a save. Mm. That's all he ever does. You'll be pretty thankful. Yeah. I think doesn't stats have the one save club. He's part of it. He's part of it. I think Kluber's part of it. So unfairly. Undeservingly, probably is a better way to put it. Three out, you get the last three innings, you get a save. Yeah, sure. That was a real save, though. Yeah, that was a real save. It was a one run game against the Toronto Blue Jays, who are loaded with right handed power bats, and he's a lefty, and they're at home, and he got the job done. They like shut no sweat either. No, like that's what's crazy to me. And shout out to Chris Martin giving you a big inning as well in there. Who, yeah, you know, we'll talk about Kenley and the all star team. I think he's been your best reliever this season so far. Mm hmm. So that's that. Uh, shall we shall we dip into some ketchup right now? I'm craving it. Yeah, me too. Oh, 
The Clark's Ketchup Series MVP brought to you by Clark's Ketchup. Drizzle that ketchup. And as you heard in that clip earlier in the show, Will Fleming said that he had a special cameo appearance and that he was submitting his vote uh, in a different way. Um, So, I mean, we've got, there's a few different candidates here. You've got Justin Turner, who was socking homers. He was a menace on the Bates paths on Sunday, which created the game tying run. That was kind of the tweet that I had was, uh, you know, you can mention how Vladdy Jr. had a shit throw from first to third, and that's how Turner scored. But if he's not aggressive on the base paths going to third base in the first place, there's no throw and he doesn't feel rushed to be able to get it over there. And the Red Sox don't tie that ball game in the seventh inning, four to four. So Turner was a menace in this series, uh, especially obviously- after that sixth inning where they strand two of those runners and you're like, oh, fuck, the offense isn't going to be able to get anything done. Like, that's the kind of play you make to force a run. Try to force an error. That is how you do it. Today is what? The second? The Correct. started on June 30th. July 2nd. Let's get some numbers going. Let's call Coley, too. Let's see what the McMahon has to say. It's been a long time since we called Coley. Oh, my God. I know. I almost, like, <laughs> forgot how to do this segment because they what this is their third series that they've won since May yeah <laughs> literally Come on, Coley. Coley doesn't even remember we do this yeah he's got no clue oh jeez we're cooked your call has been forwarded Un- to an audit fucking believable um, all right. Well, let's go into some numbers here. Leading the Red Sox in batting average this series, he only played two games, but Masataka Yoshida hit 714 in this series. Followed by Jaron Duran, who played in all three, 545. Rafael Devers played in all three, hit 500 for the series. Uh, Rob Refsnyder played in two games, hit 444. Justin Turner played in three games, hit 417. Um, on base percentage, Masataki Yoshida, 750, played in two games. Uh, Devers, 571, got on base five times today in the, in the series finale. Jaron Duran, 545. Uh, the slugging percentage, Jaron Duran, 1182, followed by Masataki Yoshida, 1143. Justin Turner, 1000. OPS, Yoshida, 1893. Um, <laughs> Coley, Coley texted in his vote. <laughs> uh, What's so uh, funny? This is a good vote. Uh, Jaron Duran, seventeen twenty-seven. Justin Turner, fourteen twenty-nine. Rafael Devers, fourteen oh four. Getting to some counting stats here. That's what really matters. The team leader in hits: Rafael Devers six, Jaron Duran six, and you got five of them. In the series finale, followed by Turner five, Yoshida five. Uh, let's go doubles here. 
Duran, obviously, four. No one else had more than one. Homers, Turner had two of them. Rafi hit one. Doogie, the big one today. Duran hit one. Yoshida hit one. Uh, RBI. Turner, five. Devers, five. Then after that, it's Doogie, Duran, and Yoshida with two. Um, Any stolen bases? Yeah, Ref Snyder had two. Devers had one. <laughs> and Yoshida, our slowest guys. Huh. Total bases. Duran, 13. Turner, 12. Devers, 10. It's a wide open field. Okay, those are the numbers. Now we get to the votes. And uh, we have to go to Will Fleming. Live from, not live, but at the time it was live in Toronto, Will Fleming. Clark's Ketchup Series MVP from Toronto. And the only thing that Tyler Milliken likes more than haikus is the man who's going to join me as we pick the MVP of this series. Mike Monaco with me in the booth this weekend. And Mike, uh, a lot of guys to choose from there. Packets galore. We're drizzling ketchup in Toronto. <laughs> Who you got for the series MVP? Oh, boy. This is tough. The pressure is on. I've never been in this moment. I can feel the ketchup just raining down on me from all angles. I'm going off script here. Give me Joe Jakes. Wow. Oh. Stepping in, nails, finishes a sweep. Hadn't had a save like that since more than two years ago in AAA and just breezes right through the Blue Jays. No big deal. Wow. I'll leave you the guy I know you're going to pick. I'll take Doogie. I mean, Doogie. you could go Turner. You could go Devers, Jaron Duran with a five-hit game. We will go with Alex Verdugo. Throws out Bichette yesterday, the game-winning home run today. Drizzle it, Mike. I'm going to catch a flight. We're going to be drizzling ketchup from 16C on Air Canada right now. <laughs> oh, man, that was great. Um, yeah, I mean, I wish, I mean, that was a special treat. I wish we had that all the time. I think TC, TC did a voice note one time. Yeah, when he was driving, right? Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, a little always, haiku love there. I need that. Yeah, a little love for the haikus. They're drizzling ketchup on their flight back to the United States of America. So that's one vote Joe Jakes, one vote Doogie. What about Coley? We'll fucking get to him. Now, as for the rest of the panel, we send it on over to Will Middlebrooks, who has chosen Alex Verdugo. Next up, Jemai Webster, Alex Verdugo. Next, Tom Karen selects Justin Turner. Then, Dave O'Brien, Alex Verdugo, Alex Cora, and I let him get away with this one. I said, who you got? And he said, the Red Sox. (laughs) (laughs) He said, I'm voting for the Sox. Team effort. Next up, Loomer. Loomer of Nesson and WEI. JT, Justin Turner. 
Then we go to Kevin Euclid here. Raphael Devers, who I thought was going to get more love. That was the first vote, Raphael Devers. And then finally, from Coley Mick. It's Jake. A vote for Jake. Which is 100% what it needed to be. Now we turn it over to the rest of the guys here. That's everyone, right? Yeah, we didn't I, miss I anyone. Keep a list. Where is my list? Did you have Uke? Yeah, Uke voted for Devers. Okay. Clark's ketchup. Oh, here it is. Yeah, that's everyone. So who wh- who's <laughs> leading where, Jake? Do you know who? Definitely Four for Duke. Verdugo. Yep. Two for Turner. One for the Red Sox, one for Joe Jakes, one for me. I think okay. I should go first. Tyler, please. Uh, I'm going Justin Turner. Uh, I, I know maybe, I know he's a little less voted than Verdugo right now, but I just look at all three games. We're talking a series here, right? First game, a solo shot and a sack fly. Uh, second game, his homer ends up being the game winner, right? Like that's the homer in the ninth inning. You needed that insurance run. Then in the final game, has an RBI single, makes that heads up play to kind of get the offense going again uh, to push another run across. I felt like Justin Turner's fingerprints were on every single game this series. He's been ridiculous for a month now uh, with over a 900 OPS. But I think this series, Justin Turner kind of was the steady force the Red Sox consistently need. He gets my vote. Jake, who you got? I'm also going JT. Wow. Him pushing a third on that play was just huge. Obviously, game-tying run and just love making the defense or forcing them to make a play. Um, yeah, I got JT. So what is that? Four to four? Four to four. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Damn. Okay. So I have the power. I have all the power right now. I get to crown the ketchup. I don't think I've ever been in this position before. No, you're the difference maker. (laughs) And that's why we got the panel. Justin Turner now has as many homers as he did all of last season. Wow. I did not know that. Should I call Steve? Whoa. Do, Do you feel, well, that would bring two votes into this. I know. Is that dangerous? I don't know. You're the difference maker right now. Do I give him a vote? Hmm. Is it wrong to I don't know. Do I you have like to give we, Joey a vote then? I don't yeah, I guess. I don't know. I would only give him a vote if we really needed it, which we don't right now. Like I can I can make or break this. I'd save it in your back pocket for a day where maybe we don't get an answer from someone else. You know what I also considered and what I kind of want to do? is a combined live show. Hmm. Continue. I think it'd be like one night only. Like a name redacted, name redacted uh, inside. But you can't call it ITM. Excuse me. Yes. Jake bleep that out. It's illegal. Don't need that dumb fuck over there to call us up again. Um, hmm. Suspense. 
the Clarks catch up series MVP for the sweep in Toronto belongs to Alex Verdugo. Wow. Oh shit! If he didn't go out there in that fucking middle game, cut down Bob and shed at the plate single-handedly, that's a one-run game. That's fucking tie game. If he doesn't make a great throw, he he won you that game on Saturday. He won you that game on Sunday. I I mean, listen, I can appreciate and I have much love for JT and his game and his contributions to this series. He helped you get there. But Verdugo won those two games. Verdugo did that. But realistically, if we're just being uh, factual here, Mm -hmm. if Turner doesn't homer, what's today, Sunday, if Turner doesn't homer in the ninth on Saturday, it's a tie game already. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm saying he helped you. See, Turner helped set the stage for Verdugo to win the game. I think you could argue that maybe twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you Turner could. set the table Saturday yeah. and Sunday, but he yeah. also had a very good Friday. Mm-hmm. This, it's hard to crap on either one. When you have a play where you nail the game-winning run at home one day, and then the next day you hit one on the ninth. And Verdugo didn't get named to the all-star team yet. So I think we got to show him some love for that, too. Yeah, he will get named as a replacement, hopefully. Yeah, I, he will. I'm hoping Yoshida doesn't get named because I want him to have the time off. You want Verdugo to have the time off? No, Yoshida. Oh, Yoshida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's tired. Yeah, I think Doogie will still get there. Um, so, yeah, Kenley Jansen, the only all star that the Red Sox have, which is both sad and pathetic uh, in terms of. I guess the Red Sox performance this year also is indicative of how much Red Sox fans give a shit about the Red Sox this year, which again, I don't, I don't blame them. Like, the just fans have up. sucked voting for a long time. Yeah. Red Sox fans. Yeah. I think like the last time Red Sox fans voted to player in was like Hideki Okajima. <laughs> <laughs> like it was the last time I think they voted in Damon and Oh three, like Veritech got voted in one year. And like Hideki Okajima, maybe Euclid one year. I can't remember. But like the Red Sox rocked the fan vote for like four straight years at, at that point. Like you look at the Yankees, they're only all stars Aaron Judge, right? Yeah, and he doesn't even play baseball. No, his, I heard his toe was actually getting uh, amputated. Mm-hmm. But if you're asking me if there was a reliever that I was going to put on the team, it would have been Chris Martin. But I think Kenley Jansen, either players voted him in from the standpoint of like, a 400 save or the commissioner who has six picks four of them have to be pitchers went that route with it maybe as well, mm-hmm. but he would not have been my first selection. Not hating. I'm happy for Kenley and you know, someone Kenley. from the Red Sox has to make it. Yeah, I'm happy for Kenley. Happy for Kenley. Um, Want to do a little Red Sox lottery? Let's do it. I wish we had uh I'll get us I'll get a sound effect for the Red Sox lottery. That's on me for not being prepared for that. I should have gotten like a like what's like a lottery sound effect? <laughs> what the fuck was that? What do you mean? That that's the sound it makes, right? No, it's not. Like like everything's <laughs> <What> like all <laughs> the fuck? 
are you talking about? It's like when everything's like jungle and around. Like, no. <laughs> what are you talking about? Cut that out and play it from now on when we do this segment. People think there's balls bouncing around. No, dude. Jake, what did you think? That was terrible. That was awful. Don't do it again. Never. Cut it out, Jake. <laughs> Stop. You're the do worst. Do you have something better? Do you have a better sound? That's how one of us showed up prepared and the other didn't. I'm always prepared, dude. Let's hear your sound. <laughs> That's not what I did. <laughs> Fuck you. That's literally what you sound like. No, it was like, uh, no. no I'm not going to do it again. Please don't. Ever. Ever. Just be thankful that I'm quick on my feet. <laughs> That's the sound? No. You ready? Let's see it. Or hear it. <laughs> That's what I did! That is not what you did. That's exactly what I did. No, you did. <laughs> That's what you did. Well, yeah, I can't sound like a video game. Red Sox lottery. For anyone that doesn't know what the Red Sox lottery is, we have a list of 100 obscure Red Sox players. Not not necessarily all obscure. Like, they're not like just like random, like slap dicks, like Pat Light that played for two weeks and then never again. Uh, Pat Light is one of the numbers. Pat Light is on the list. That is, and we, that's how we became friends was that he was in the Red Sox lottery and his number got called and I had his phone number. Or actually, no, I think I didn't have his phone number. I think I DM'd him on Twitter and was like, hey, we're doing the Red Sox lottery. Your number came up. Do you want to be part of the segment? And he was the first player to be part of their segment. And then that's, that's how our friendship blossomed. Um, but it's, we have a number generator. But back then we had like a fucking, like one of like the rolly cages with like the balls in it. We would pick the number out, but I'm just going to use a number generator because I don't have that. I left it at Barstool HQ, which is definitely in the trash or somewhere. I have no idea. Uh, random number generator. When that number gets called, we go to the uh, random list of Red Sox players. And then we'll look at it and say, oh, this it's Pat Light. And then we'll just talk about that player for a couple of minutes. We'll look at the baseball reference page. Maybe if there's a story, some sort of favorite memory we have of that player. Um, and uh, then that's how it works. That's how it works. All right. We got to take a break and talk about Zinn nicotine pouches. We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number one. But Zinn nicotine pouches are already there. Zinn has helped millions of people achieve a lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zinn. Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. And it's available in two strengths so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. 
Because it's discreet, you can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, every can of Zinn earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zinn swag, even gift cards. Find your Zinn at your local convenience store or online at Zinn.com. That's Zinn, Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. So again, the Red Sox Lottery is brought to you by DirecTV. Home to the most local MLB games. Shout out to DirecTV. That's a real sponsor. Not that our other sponsors aren't real, let's be honest. Um... (laughs) <laughs> that's that would be ridiculous to have fake sponsors but shout out to direct tv for sponsoring the red Sox lottery all right random number generator here we go 46 46 let's see who number 46 is number 46 is do i have a drum roll stop I honestly think I just replaced my drum roll sound effect with something else because I was like, I'll never need that again. Uh, So I don't have a drum roll anymore. Number 46 is Jason Bay. Jason Bay, Tyler. (laughs) Jason Bay. (laughs) Let's see. Let's pull up his... uh... I think Jason Bay is one of the most slept on. Now it's not current, but you know, somewhat recent. It's been 15 years. People mm. forget how great Jason Bay was here because of how bad his career ended. That's probably fair. So Jason, ba- this was, oh, all right. I have a great story about fucking Jason Bay. Not actually, but <laughs> I have a great story about Jason Bay. Uh, so this was, and I, this is in my book, but I mean, that came out in 2009. I feel like there's not a single person listening to this podcast besides my mom that read my book. Send me a copy. No. Uh, (laughs) So I, in 2008, all right, no, in 2007, they had an election for president of Red Sox nation. And I was a finalist and Jerry Remy won. So he was the president. I finished third. I think it was bullshit. I think that they, they fudge the numbers. Um, so I didn't get a position. But then in 2008, they had what's known as a governor's program, which is they had a, it was basically a fan representative for each state. And it started with New England in 2008. And then in 2009, there was a governor for every state. And more or less, all it was was they just didn't want to answer frequently asked questions anymore. So they just gave us an email and like everyone just like got angry at us for not responding and not the Red Sox. It was great. Um, so as part of that, in 2008, I had like a meeting with like the marketing team and we were talking about like different ways to like get Red Sox nation out there and this and that. So I am in the Red Sox front office on the day of the trade deadline. 2008 i'm in the front office and so i'm in this boardroom and uh they have like a tv on the wall and it's not just on the day of it is at the deadline it is 4 p.m on the fucking day of the trade deadline so i'm in a conference room and uh we wrap up this meeting 
and um, we're looking at the TV. They have Nesson on, and uh, there's like a ticker going across, and it's 4 p.m. And we're all like, "Did Manny get traded? Like, did the Red Sox do anything? Like, what's going on?" Uh, and this is pre-Twitter, so maybe it would have gotten out because of Twitter. Like, maybe like a reporter would have been able to tweet this. But 4 p.m. rolls by, and we don't know anything. We go out into the hallway. We're about to leave Fenway Park. And we're walking through like the main like front office area. And here is Larry Lucchino on the phone. And the only thing I remember him saying was, well, we need to get that in writing, John. Talking about presumably John Henry. So uh, that happens. And then maybe five minutes later, breaking news the Boston Red Sox have traded Manny Ramirez to the Los Angeles Dodgers. So I can tell you based on that, that the Red Sox probably completed the Manny Ramirez trade after the 4 PM trade deadline. Uh, And we were just like, well, for who, like what's, what the hell is going on here? And uh, it was from Jason Bay. So three team trade that sent Manny Ramirez to the Dodgers. Jason Bay comes from the Pittsburgh Pirates to the Boston Red Sox. And for as amazing as Manny Ramirez was after being traded to the Dodgers, Jason Bay was that dude. Like he came over to Boston and hit um, in 30. No, how many games? 49 games. It was nine homers, but uh, hit 267. No, no, no. Hit 293. With an 897 OPS, but that playoff run when Manny was absolutely on fire, Jason Bay was too. In that playoff run, he had an OPS over a thousand. In the division series against the Angels, he hit 412 with a 1356 OPS. Uh, in the ALCS, he hit 292 with a 927 OPS. So he went off. Um, and like, no disrespect, we all love Manny Ramirez around here, dude. He he was pissing through cups at that point. Like, it was the most steroid-heavy piss anyone has ever pissed in their entire life. Maybe. Definitely. That is the... Honestly, that stretch for Manny Ramirez after getting traded is arguably the hottest I've ever seen a hitter in my entire life. Yeah, he was, he was just... Uh... He was God. So there were legitimate discussions... Of Manny winning the National League MVP the year. That he, like he only played half a season with the Dodgers. But after he got traded to the Dodgers, he hit 396. Oh my God. With a 1232 OPS in 53 games. In 53 games, he hit 17 homers and drove in 53 runs in 53 games. While almost hitting 400. <laughs> Like, though, that's better. Like, what, what more could you ask for? Like, that, that was when Manny Ramirez got there. Now, Jason Bay became and he had another great year after that. But that was the reason it was like fans had that attachment to Manny. Now, a young Tyler Milliken at the time, I didn't understand all the things that were going on behind the scenes. Uh-huh. When Manny got traded, I collapsed and I my collapsed. dad held me on the kitchen floor as I saw that was my first heartbreak trade ever in, in the so, like, playoffs. In the playoffs for the Dodgers in 2008, Manny, guess what he hit? I can't. 420. 520. (laughs) Fuck off. Like, what the hell? He hit 520 with a 1747 OPS. 
in eight games. He had 25, uh, 36 plate appearances. So he must have he walked 10 times. To- uh, he walked 11 times, four intentional. And he went 13 for 25 with two doubles and four homers, drove in 10 runs. This is supposed to be about Jason Bay, but I mean, it's that's that that you can't tell the story of Red Sox Jason Bay without talking about the Manny Ramirez component to it and what Manny did when he went to L.A. But it it, it overshadowed what Jason Bay did for the Red Sox, though. Jake, what are your memories of Jason Bay? Fucking love Jason Bay. Yeah. Hmm. I will say with Jason Bay as well, while he was like quiet and he was never that kind of leader, like, dude, he finished seventh in MVP voting in 2009. Seventh. Like, this isn't a guy who was just really good. Like, you know, Adrian Beltre came here and he had a really good year, right? I was like, oh, Adrian Beltre is awesome. Jason Bay showed up and he's like, I'm a fucking MVP candidate. I know I was in Pittsburgh where like, you know, he got some MVP votes. He was downer on the ballot. But who the hell was talking about Jason Bay at that time like that? He showed up to a market in Boston in the midst of the winning era and just fit in perfectly. Like that is so rare. And there were so many guys who did come in that weren't able to do that, especially from smaller markets. I don't know. And what was it? He rocked 44. Mm-hmm. I remember I had a Jason Bay jersey, but I didn't wear it. I was a little Orlando ashamed Cabrera, of it. Gabe Kapler. Did I tell you guys the Jason Bay story? Like the one that I was told I couldn't tell? No. Oh, is this a good story? Or are you going to make us hate Jason Bay? No, like it's a funny story. Uh, it's not bad. It's funny. But. The player that told it to me, this is going to piss everyone off as listening. The player that told it to me said, you can't share this story. You have to like wait for me to come on the podcast and I'll tell the story because he was there. But it is fucking it's crazy. Like I was, I was hanging on his every word when he told me this story. He's like, no one knows that this happened. Uh, it's funny. Like it's not bad. It's like there's nothing like ominous. Like, ooh, what was it? Like, no, it's it's a very funny story, and it's one of those stories that like you'll never believe that it actually happened. And Jason Bay wasn't even like the main character. He just was there, and he was a part of it. But uh, yeah, it was during it was during his Red Sox tenure. And I'm going to I'm going to do everything that I can. And I think I could convince him to do it. I'm going to have this player come on the podcast and share that story. He's like, you cannot tell the story like it has to come from me. And I was like, OK. Uh, like, I'm, I'm trying to picture in my head. You say it's funny. Do you remember anything personality wise from Jason Bay when he was here? Because I was young, but I don't. He like, no, I don't remember. I don't even remember what his voice sounds like. Like he was just a part of like something that was funny. He was he was involved in it. uh, But the person that was doing the funny thing was not him. He was just like a part of like the the night out that this took place. All I'll say is fill his shoes. It's hard to think of a guy who's had to come in here and had to fill bigger shoes like straight up, just like JD following Ortiz, you know, obviously a little bit of a gap there. But once he showed up. But replacing Manny Ramirez, prime Manny Ramirez, mm. fucking impossible. Mm. And I, I like I'm trying to think in my head. I remember the moment from his career that still sticks in my head is the most is that I think it was like a 
game tying blast off Mariano Rivera. I don't think it was 08. I think it was 09. But I remember there was a moment there where he like corked a baseball off Mariano Rivera. And I was like, you know what? Fuck Manny. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't, I don't need Manny anymore. Now, this is 11 year old Tyler Milliken saying this, but mm-hmm. that was the moment where Jason Bay like won me over inside. It meant a lot to me at the time. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I was such a huge fan of Manny. And uh, there's like a whole chapter about needing to be consoled about that. <laughs> like, consoled. I was like dating the girl, the girl that I like to- tell the story about all the time that when the Red Sox were down in game five, seven to nothing, I dumped her. And then when they came back, I like we got back together. Like <laughs> that girl, um, like she ended up taking me to see like the dark night. Cause like, I, she's like, I just need to get you out of the house. Cause you're going to fucking absolutely just go insane. If you don't do something love Manny, but I need, I need that story to be told. I need that story on the record. They haven't been on the podcast before. Uh, not on section 10 or name redacted, but he has been on, um, I've interviewed him before. Interesting. Yeah. It's up to the subreddit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We'll have it by the morning. Yeah. I need, I need that story to be told because, uh, it has, it has like a, a crossover that is just, you would never, you would never believe it. It's almost like a, like the hangover. (laughs) It's like that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious. Need it. Mm Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll I'll ask him. I I think it'll take minimal convincing. Um, But yeah, Jason Bay. That's uh, that's the Red Sox lottery. Pick number 46. 46 in the Red Sox lottery. Are we so are we doing this again after the next? We're supposed to be doing it once a week, but we were late on this one. So we're going to do two this week, Jake. Yeah, we're going to do another one next episode. Next episode. Okay. Love that for us. I have Jason Bay's number. Do you want me to call him? Do you really? Yeah. Why? Boys. You guys are boys? Yeah. You, me and him back in the day. He, he'd send me a few anonymous quotes back then. Were you bummed when they didn't bring back Jason Bay? He was an all-star in 2009. Like he no, went I, to free agency. He had a 921 OPS in his first and only full season with the Red Sox. 151 games. He hit 267 with a 921 OPS, hit 36 homers, and drove in 119 runs. He was an all-star, finished seventh for MVP, and had a silver slugger. And then signed with the Mets, played there for three years, and one year with the Mariners. Those four years after leaving Boston, he hit 229 with a 688 OPS in 356 games. And that's how he I, I, I young. I remember like me being upset at the time like as a young fan, but I can't. But I remember when he signed that contract with the Mets, like there were people upset, but it didn't feel like outrage. It wasn't like, oh, fuck, how could you let Jason Bay walk? Was that was that the attitude, though? Like, do you remember when he signed? You were like, fuck, like, what are the Red Sox doing? Um, it was more like, what's the plan? If if you're letting Jason Bay walk, then what's the plan? And in 2010, there was no plan. They finished in third. And then a year later, you would find out what the plan was. Yeah, the plan was Carl Crawford. We're holding out for Carl Crawford and uh, Mike Cameron, who I love. But I just saw him 
a few weeks ago when the Mariners were in town. And he even he was like, why the fuck did they do that? Like, why? He's like, why was Ellsbury in left? And like, it was a whole thing. Like, I was playing center. Beltre just like did like a sweet chin music to Ellsbury's ribs. And that was it. That was 2010. But you have to give credit. They were right. Like, Jason Bay more than fell off. It wasn't like, oh, you know, a couple of years of not being great. 2010, Crawford was 11. Mike Cameron yes. was 10. And Beltre was 10. Ellsbury in left was 10. Uh, and then Ellsbury's like MVP runner up where he probably should have won was 11. And then in 2010, you had the consistent almost murdering of Jacoby Ellsbury down the left field line with him and Adrian Beltre, where there was a magnet and Beltre was sliding into I mean, his ribs. That's literally what I just fucking said, Tyler. You did not say the sliding into the ribs part. Jake, did I literally not just say that? You said sliding into the ribs? I s- what? Jake? What happened to Bullet? Mm. He died. There's no way you just said that. Can we rewind no more than 30 seconds ago where I just referenced the the ribs thing? <laughs> Beltre just like did like a sweet chin music to Ellsbury's ribs and that was it. <laughs> I mean, hey, listen, hey. It happens to everyone, Tyler. You're you're doing great. I'm having you're, a bad day. You're doing great. I'm cooked. You're doing great. I'm Caleb Bort. Don't let anyone tell you that you're not doing great because you're doing excellent. Um, you know what you need to do? You probably should check out Cerebral. Okay. Yeah, that's what you should do. What can you help me with? Uh, a lot of things. Cerebral is here for anyone who's looking to find flexible mental health care with licensed and credentialed care team that they can truly connect and feel comfortable with. It's 100% online. You take a brief assessment and receive personalized care team recommendations based on your needs and preferences through the Cerebral app. You can easily book and reschedule your sessions, get your questions answered, and access additional mental health resources such as CBT exercises. Cerebral understands that finding a therapist isn't a linear journey. If your therapist isn't a match, Cerebral will help you find a provider that meets your needs. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides medication management online through a licensed provider of clinically indicated. That means that you can get both an expert therapist and prescriber through one platform. Plus, Cerebral offers medication shipping if prescribed. Connect with your therapist on your own schedule. Book and reschedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you. You don't have to wait weeks to be seen. 80% of members see a provider within five days. Uh, You can do sessions on a laptop or a phone so you can attend your sessions where you feel the most comfortable. Cerebral offers affordable plans and is available with or without insurance. Cerebral is in-network with several major insurers and when you're in-network, your monthly cost is even lower. 50% of Cerebral's clinicians self-identify as people of color. It's important to Cerebral to maintain this diversity so everyone who needs care can get their treatment that they deserve. And right now, great deal. Our listeners will receive access to Cerebral's Strong Start Package, which allows you to save up to $160 when you buy two or four months of care in advance. Depending on plan selection, let's do this together. Make a strong start to a better you. Get started at Cerebral.com slash Jared. That's J-A-R-E-D. Cerebral.com slash Jared for quality mental health care that's accessible and affordable. Join Cerebral today. Shout out to Cerebral. They're doing good things over there. And uh, we need to get Tyler in therapy for sure. I'm going through it. This is 
Take the ball out of my hand. You got a lot going on. You got a budding career. You got two jobs. It's like half of as many jobs as I have. You got a, a girlfriend. You guys are going on vacations together. There's a lot happening. There's a lot happening in your life right now. And uh, I'm excited to see where the Tyler Milliken journey goes. How old are you I'm now? Scared. 40? By the time you're 55, you are going to be on top of the <laughs> world. You're yeah. going to have the sports industry by the balls. In I better. I'm hoping. 40, 40 was a big year for me, though. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. To, yeah. God. Lord, please save me. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited for you. Do we miss anything? Um, we're almost at two hours and I'm like, this feels light. Do we miss something? Uh, we, we touched on Durant a little bit, but I think we're both we've been on this train. He needs to be playing every day, but I think at the very least, it's full platoon at this point. He needs to be playing against righties no matter what. I would agree. Wait, you mean lefties? No, you don't want him in, uh, against lefties. No, I, I want him right now. It hasn't even been a regular platoon with him and Duvall. I want him playing against righties no matter what. I prefer would like to see him every day. I don't think we're going to see that because they're showcasing Duvall still. But he's in my perfect for, world, him and Casas play every day no matter what. I think he's like hitting over 300 now with like his OPS is like mid 800s. Yeah, 305 batting average. I think the OPS, yeah, it's like 815 maybe, right around there. Mm. Mm. Love to see that. Yeah, we covered a lot. Did Clark's catch up? We did haikus. We did the lottery. Injury updates. Injury updates, all-star updates. Jake's birthday. Wow, time flies. Time flies when the Red Sox sweep a series. Oh, we didn't do what's it called. Uh, we didn't look ahead. Oh, my God. That's See, I knew, at least I knew, <laughs> I, I knew that we forgot something. I knew we forgot something. That's, That's why I'm fault. here. Yeah. I finished my outing with a strikeout. There you go. Uh, Stop and Shop Look Ahead brought to you by Stop and Shop. Head on down to Stop and Shop. Use the promo code Section 10 to get 10 cents off each tangerine when you buy at least five pounds of tangerines only at Stop and Shop. Uh, We haven't named a starter for the first game, right? On Tuesday. All we know is Murphy's going to pitch a lot. That was Cora's quote. So it's probably just going to be opener with Murphy getting the bulk innings. Correct. Okay. That's versus Dane Dunning. And then you have Brian Bale versus John Gray, Cutter Crawford versus. Don't want to hear it. Nathan Avaldi. Oh, yeah. The Texas Rangers are coming to town. They're going to fucking throttle that ass. Dane Dunning, seven and one with a 269 ERA, 110 whip. Uh, bounce back year after a 446 ERA last season. His 379 FIP this year is solid, but it means his 269 ERA is overperforming. Uh, never allows home runs. Only five allowed this year in 80 and a third innings, although five home runs came in June. So maybe that's changing. Uh, was in the bullpen for April. His starter stats since then, three ERA, 398 FIP. Um, his slider is his out pitch, 167 average, 264 slug. Fastball, wildly overperforming. It's very uh, mediocre, I would say, 90.6 miles per hour. Uh, Rangers are 11 and 7 when he pitches. They won three straight and four or five. The Red Sox hitters, 333 with a 932 OPS. Uh, Kike, two for four, the double. Verdugo, four for nine with two doubles. Uh, John Gray, 
Six and four, 321 ERA and a 108 whip. 7.6 strikeouts per nine. He's having an excellent season, but his FIP shows some signs of over overperforming as well. 439 FIP in 2023. Uh, he's coming off a tough stretch of three starts. 13 and a third, 16 hits, 12 earned runs, a um, couple bombs, 810 ERA, 849 OPS against. His slider is also his outpitch, 148 batting average. His fastball fucking sucks. 308 batting average, a 434 slug. Uh, Rangers are eight and seven when he pitches and have lost three of four. Red Sox hitters, 266 with an 800 OPS. Uh, JT, 13 for 39, three doubles, two homers. That's a 973 OPS. And Alex Verdugo, four for 11 with a home run. Um, okay. So he's going I, up I, against what? I do want to throw one thing in there. For Thursday, Cora was not willing to commit to Crawford starting on Thursday. He said the only pitcher he's cementing in on one is Bayo on Wednesday. Brian Bayo, five and five, three hundred eight ERA, a one nineteen WHIP, eight point three strikeouts per nine. Rangers hitters, two for sixteen, no walks, and six strikeouts. Uh, okay, and then Nathan Avaldi. Mm. Nasty Nate coming to town, ten and three, a two six four ERA, an O ninety nine WHIP, and an eight point five strikeouts per nine. His uh. He's already over 100 innings. Well, yeah, I mean, he throws a complete game every fucking time. His 112 and a third innings lead all of Major League Baseball. Uh, His 099 whip is the best of his career. The 6.7 hits per nine allowed is 2.4 better than his career average. He's pitched into the seventh inning in eight of his 17 starts. He's completed eight innings four times and has two complete games. Uh, He has only allowed eight home runs this year but has two games allowing two home runs. So if you get one, you're likely to get another. He is throwing his cutter and splitter more this year, and both have been extremely effective for him. Biggest difference is his fastball got destroyed last year, but it's not this year. Uh, Last year, 306 batting average, 422 slugging percentage, 16% whiff rate. This year, it's a 222 batting average, a 412 slug. Um... And a 20% whiff rate, the average exit velocity went from 92.3 to 90.9 this year. Uh, it's the same speed as last year, um, but it has bumped up 50 RPMs. So that could be a difference maker. Rangers are 10 and 7 when he starts, but they've lost his last three of four. Red Sox hitters, 6 for 22 with a 909 OPS against Nathan Avaldi and uh, Reese McGuire is 1 for 7 with a home run. Uh, and then Cutter Crawford, I mean, we don't know. Apparently, they're, Alex Cora is not committed to Crawford yet, but 3 and 4, 392 ERA, 110 whip, 8.6 strikeouts per nine. Rangers hitters 0 for 4 with a walk and a strikeout against Cutter Crawford. Uh, prediction time for Don't Know versus Dane Dunning, Brian Bayo versus John Gray, and maybe Cutter Crawford versus Nathan Avaldi. Uh, Texas Rangers are fucking nasty. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Jake first. I got the Red Sox sweeping the Rangers. What? I see people. I see people calling for the reverse sweep, but last time this happened, the Yankee or the Red Sox swept the Yankees, and it the reverse sweep is meant to be a wake up call to the Red Sox, and if they answer the call, then you got to reward them for that. So Mm -hmm. we're going back to sweep. That's that's a fair assessment. That's a fair assessment. Um, Tyler, who do you like in this series? Yeah, I'll go Red Sox one out of three. I think they win the Bayo start. He continues to show up and be kind of the ace they need. But uh, with the pitching staff kind of 
not in a good spot. You know, in the first game, they're going to have to really stretch it to try and get through. The Rangers offense gives you absolutely no fucking breaks. Nate Evaldi on that last day. Don't look forward to that either. I think uh, they drop two of these games, but they got the A's after that to finish the half on a strong note. Don't think this series is going to be a fun one for the Red Sox. I think they get swept. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I do. Uh, that's been this season, right? No, it's a, it's a roller coaster. Up, Ride it. Yep. you down. you up. you down. And if there's ever a team that I was going to pick a sweep, it is the Texas Rangers. And wouldn't it be so poetic for Nathan Avaldi to just shove it up the Red Sox asses uh, to complete the sweep on Thursday? Um, they're off tomorrow. So you're going to get a three game series against the Texas Rangers who are significantly better than you. And you just swept the Toronto Blue Jays. So it's only appropriate that the Red Sox just follow that up with a nice little up the ass sweep <laughs> capped off with a complete game shutout by Nathan Avaldi with 14 strikeouts. <laughs> you're going to hit this line. Exactly. That's what I'm most terrified about. He's going to strike out 14 fucking guys. Yeah. Complete game shutout. Three hits, 14 strikeouts, two walks, one walk, one walk. Yeah, and it's going to be on a bullshit call, too. Like, it should have been strike three. He should have had 15 strikeouts. <laughs> <laughs> Diaz 2.0. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I got. So. um, All right. Thanks for listening to the podcast. A lot of nice comments after last uh, episode where. I talked about I basically had like a mental breakdown for like the first 20 minutes of the podcast. And, and then I, by the end of it, I was like, all right, I'm good. Um, I got I got text messages from friends being like. So I listened to the podcast. Uh, are you are you OK? Uh, it sounds like you you are not. You should probably take a break. And I was like, I'd love to. But that's you know, that's November, the November, December, January. That's my break. So we got to power through the season. Um, and uh, the Red Sox sweep in the Jays gave me a little bit of life. The Doogie home run that made me feel something that I haven't felt in a little while. So I feel good. I feel I feel good being back home for a week. And then it's fucking wheels up to Seattle uh, uh, this weekend coming up. So but after that, I don't think I have much travel, at least to my knowledge. I don't think I do until until the postseason rolls around. So I, I, I'd be big chilling in the second half for as far as like travel goes, that's that's what kills me is the travel. Like I can I can work 15 hour days as long as I don't have to go nowhere except for Starbucks. Like you, you start throwing in the travel and the, the time zone changes like that's what really like fucks with your uh, energy levels. But I appreciate the the nice comments from everyone who listened to the last episode. And, you know, we were we were thanking them and they were thanking us right back. And you know what? We appreciate you guys. Uh, Jake's takes. Uh, one more quick shout out to Will Fleming for mentioning my birthday on the Red Sox radio podcast. Like never in a million years would I think I would have heard my birthday mentioned during a Red Sox game. So that that was a sick moment. So appreciate you, Will. Yeah, Will's the fucking man. It's funny. It's funny. Uh, like I think this year is the year that I think we found out the most in terms of like who listens. Like uh, like Will obviously listens. Um, Adam Pellerin who works the he's desk the at Nesson. He's fucking awesome too. He was like, when do I get a vote? And I was like, all right, well, next time you're on the desk and TC is, 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 uh, is gallivanting in the, uh, where does he vacation to? I feel like he's, is he a Cape guy? No, he's a Maine guy, isn't he? He, he lives in Maine, but where you wouldn't vacation in Maine if you live in Maine. It's called a staycation. 
I, yeah. I mean, I, I would love that. Uh, we got to get Pellerin in the mix. Um, I told you that unnamed Red Sox employee that said, don't pout, figure it out. There's they like want to vote? Fucking, there's a chunk missing from the soundboard. I got I, like, I to get like a case for this thing because, it, Jake, this wasn't cheap, right? Couple hundred bucks. Couple hundred bucks, yeah. I mean, just throwing it in my suitcase. I don't know what was inside my suitcase that was fucking eating this thing, but holy shit. <laughs> this, thing, this thing is metal. Like, the, it's metal. Like, there's like a chunk missing. Anyways, I digress. I digress. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Enjoy your holiday. Tyler, what are you doing for 4th of July? Did you already tell me? Uh, yes, but no, I'll be <laughs> drinking. I don't have to work and I'll be sleeping. I, I need time to uh, decompress. Yeah, you do. my mental health. Yes, you do. MLB draft prep time as well. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you on Thursday. Bye. Buenas noches, amigos.